And and we're live. Oh, I got an email. Look at that. I got an email that we're live right now. Wow. It's wow. Look at it. It's the show before the show. Whoever sets these things up, Ryan, must be really, really good at his job. That's crazy. <laughs> that is really nuts. Danny see. is very good at his job. <laughs> Let's see if it's on a... If the, yeah, it's working on Facebook. Do we have sound? Because last week we didn't have sound at first. Beautiful. Look at us go. We're perfect. We're golden here, Christian yeah. Schaefer. What's up, it's going dude? smooth. How yeah. are you? Doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. I'm going to talk on the show before the show about this rain right here. Okay. We're going to get into it. this. You said... Three to five energy drinks a day? Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm definitely a caffeine freak, man. You know, got to stay awake, got to stay ready. <laughs> like just energy drinks, coffee, anything? Energy drinks, man. Uh, energy drinks and pre-workout. Do you yeah. dry scoop pre-workout? No, no. I, I used to for a little bit, <laughs> but then I'm, uh, I don't know. I heard that it's not as effective, actually. It, I think like the only reason people think it's more effective is because it turns you into like a savage for a second. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, it's definitely a miserable experience, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> if it's not worth it, it's not worth it. Yeah, the the fighter I was telling you that, Glenn Christner, that drinks, like, okay. six a day, he mm -hmm. dry, dry scoops all the time. <sighs> he did it on, uh, we had him on the podcast right before his last fight, just recently, and he did a scoop on camera. I was like, dude, please don't do that, don't do that, and he just <laughs> did it anyway. Just uh, who he is, man. He's just a savage. Who, he truly is. So we got... Ryan Middleton on the keys today. Ryan Middleton playing the part of Danny Palm. He's like the understudy on Broadway that gets his gets his chance. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> not bad, not bad. That's a pretty good. Can you give us a hello, people, or do you have your own slogan? Hello, Cretans. Nice. Cretans. Okay, he went with the Cretans. That's a okay. good good call. Good call. So if you guys are joining us, we're going to be. Going officially live here at 1. This is what we call the show before the show. Christian, being such a good dude, showed up like, what, 20 minutes early? Yeah, 20. 20. That's, that's pro level. That is. That's pro level. <laughs> I try to be. That's what, I try to be. That's how, how it's done, man. So 20 minutes early, on time, ready to roll, mm -hmm. like just got your energy drink, showed up prepared. Is this your first podcast? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. First time. How's that yeah. possible? I don't know, man. I Just oh, all the preparation, I guess. Nice. He got the in-studio experience, too, huh? For his first podcast, not one of these, like, StreamYard things. Dude, the I don't like, for me, I don't know. I have, I'd like to see what the commenters think on this, but I don't even think those are real podcasts. Like, if you're not in person, it doesn't. it's not a podcast to me. It doesn't count. Yeah, there's definitely something about the disconnect, you know what I mean? Like, you can't read body language and all that stuff. Um, yep. Uh, yep. It, it's just not as personable, I feel. Right. It, to be no, said. you're dead on. It's more like it always turns into more like an interview when it's yeah. virtual. It's like, oh, I ask a question, you answer a question. Like that's not a podcast. That's just that's just you asking me stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so your your podcasts early on, Hunter, don't count. We should throw those numbers out the window. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're all fake, scraped. So if I had any of you guys on early, who who all was? So there were some good ones early, like Cherico. What about okay. Milstead? What about um? John Anik. Oh, that one counts. <laughs> that one still counts. Sorry, Anik. You got to oh, come into the no. studio. Welcome to Hickory, PA, John Anik. Dude, he would love it. Actually, on that podcast, John Anik said Pittsburgh's one of his favorite cities. Most underrated city in America. Oh, easily. Easily. And he's right, obviously. I don't know. 
There's something with Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? Like, it can be a small town, or it can also feel like a big city if you want it to be. Just Absolutely. Like, that is the true beauty of Pittsburgh. So I'm watching for, like, comments and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's got the captions on Facebook, and it said for John Anik, John Annex. I'm like, yeah, pretty close. John Annex. <laughs> doing good there, Mark Zuckerberg. That's great. I wanna, I'm want to. i going to hold that thought about the small town okay. feel of Pittsburgh because I want to save that for when it gets real. Oh, so. I, this seems like it sounds. <laughs> Stepinski said, "When he trains twenty eight hours a day, he needs it. The the energy drinks. Yeah, <laughs> twenty eight hours a day, huh? Is that the secret to Christian Schaefer? Yeah, dude. Just you know, try and spend as much time on the mats as he can. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're that's gonna be. We're gonna really talk about that. Okay. Because I'm excited about that. How how'd you like sprawl? First of all, dude, it was a sweet event, man. Uh, grappling in the cage, it's different." It's mm-hmm. different. Um, I would definitely say it hurts more, right, than being on the mats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. The nice thing about being in the cage is, like, they can't back up or anything, you know? So it's because it's in such a confined space, um, it's going to force action. And I mm-hmm. think that there's something to be said about that. Yeah. That's what we love about it. I'm trying – I was trying to find something to show you. One second. Let's see. This is great listening for people. I'm not going to be able to find it. But do you use Reddit at all? I don't. I don't check it all the time. But like, if I have a question or something like that, like you know, de- yeah, definitely yeah. use it as a resource. Yeah, I used to be a big like. I don't know how much you know about me, but I was a. Uh, I was an MMA journalist before okay. I got into yep. two four seven at all. And I used to be on Reddit MMA like constantly, dude, <laughs> like promoting my work or just you know whatever. Uh-huh. And. RBJJ when I I was like trying to learn a little more about you before the podcast yeah. I don't like I don't like really digging in to mm-hmm. learn people before it because I want it to just organically have like I don't want to know everything about you but I wanted to see like is there anything else out there that I'm missing with him before yeah. we get started and there was a post on Reddit of like the it was a question like how do you deal with people pulling guard and it was a clip of you versus somebody else and it said ADCCs but I, I'm not sure if it was this year or what mm-hmm. but just as soon as the match starts you both just instantly sit down and it, it was just <laughs> it was just like this viral clip that everybody was making fun of they're like yeah well with ADCC rules that just makes sense to do that yeah so like I remember whenever that clip went viral so that was me versus a um, uh, another famous black belt uh, CJ Murdoch and I don't think a lot of people realize with ADCC there's no points in the first half so like wrestling doesn't make right. sense right, right. it's so hard and I'm uh and so taxing so he knew that i was going to pull guard and you know he saw all my matches beforehand and like they were all pretty quick finishes and he's like okay well like i'm not going to stand and try and pass with this dude so mm. that's where you got the double guard sit and i'm like it just blew up from there and dude some of the comments and shit it's just like <laughs> oh if somebody ever did this to me in a street fight i'd just kick him and stuff like that and it's like we're not on the street bro like <laughs> yeah like, like this is a tournament guess what i probably wouldn't do that in the street no, either <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not oh man people are completely ridiculous when it comes to jujitsu like you can instantly tell who's never even tried it even yeah so you kind of have like two schools right you have the people that don't really know anything and then you have the people that think that they know it all Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day like dude you're just basically grappling another sweaty dude like i don't understand why this is such a serious (laughs) thing you know what i mean like i don't know it's just something fun yeah people take it too seriously i mean that's the case with a lot of things i think Mm -hmm. but i will say jujitsu compared to mma i think people are a little more lighthearted about jujitsu which makes sense you're not having punches kicks your consciousness all these things at stake it's one o'clock you can't be oh Oh, it's officially one o'clock did we get the is, is the push notification out 
Not yet. Where's it at? Oh, I guess I'm not so good at my job. There's no what? push notification. Oh my goodness gracious. It should have gone out though. Let me let me see here. Good good people who have joined us for Christian Schaefer live in studio. And as you can see, oh he's here. He's rocking a nice white champion crew neck, a classic, an absolute classic choice. Why thank you. I like it. Nice. That was awesome. So all right, now we, we were show before the show. If you guys were joining us, thank you. But if you waited till one, also, hello, what's up on the 247 Combat Sports Podcast? This one's hyped. This, this, really? was, a, this was a referral. Po- I will say, like, a lot of your teammates are very excited about this for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, shout out to everybody at Stout, right? Super close knit family. So, you know, really glad that, you know, first of all, Lucas, thank you for being able to get me on here, though. Lucas, that's what I was going to say. It was actually a referral podcast. Mm-hmm. Lucas reached out to me and was like, bro, you got to get Christian Schaefer on. And I'm like, first of all, I would love to have Christian Schaefer on. Yeah. Like, It's not like we need this referral, but that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you want to come on or was he like telling you like, dude, you should do some podcasts? You know, like, so I definitely want to try and grow my brand and stuff like that and get my name out there more because I definitely feel like, you know, like I'm a small fish in a big pond, but I'm a, it wasn't like anything that I'm set on like, oh, like, you know, I got to get on podcasts. I got to get clips or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of happened, you know, uh, referred me you reach out and it's like fuck yeah dude let's do it sick let's do it i'm shocked that this is your first podcast honestly because you've you've accomplished like you're a guy in the scene people know about you i'm just very surprised that you haven't jumped on anything before nah uh i don't know like i guess i'm a pretty quiet individual you know what i mean kind of keep to myself so but we're here now you're uh 19 years old 19 19 nice when did you start uh, jujitsu? Like that's uh, where we got to start. So December 2019, December 2019. So coming up on four years. That's not nearly as long as I thought you were going to say. Really? That's bananas. Yeah. All right, dude. So let's let's just call it what it is. Like okay. you're a little you're a little prodigy there at Stout. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Four years. Uh, like that's crazy. You've only been training four years. ADCCs, I think, because I've known about you for a mm-hmm. long time, and I've you know dabbled here and there. I don't think I realized how good you really were until ADCCs mm-hmm. this year. And when I, with your match against AJ, I was like, he's that good? Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. What was that experience like for you when you realized you were going against a guy that, you know, he's well known in the space? Like, even casual fans mm-hmm. know about him. You know, so, like, you definitely have to respect an individual like that. You know, uh, extremely accomplished, um, multiple-time Nogi Black Belt World Champ, um, ADCC Silver Medalist, I believe. So, you know... Going into that match, you have to take it seriously. But at the end of the day, you know, like everybody's ligaments break, you know, everybody bleeds, all that stuff. So it's like, I understand what I'm capable of. I understand what he's capable of. And it was um, honestly more so excitement, you know, like Mm -hmm. going into something like that. I don't have anything to lose. Right. I just get to go and just ball out. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was honestly more so excitement than anything. You did perform really well, too. I'll say I appreciate that surprised people too. appreciate it. What was your takeaway? Did you leave thinking like, dude, I could have won that? Yeah, or were you like proud of yourself? Um, Both. So I'm definitely my biggest critic, and I'm a you know it's a good and a bad thing. Um, There were a couple of instances in that match where I think you know if I would have changed a couple of small things, it would have gone my way. But overall, I was pretty happy with the performance. You are technically a blue belt. Yes, is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you feel about? Because that's been something funny for me mm-hmm. as we do sprawl. Mm-hmm. And I've always known like no gi rankings are kind of bullshit to yeah. begin with, but it's really apparent in sprawl. Like matching sprawl will have a white belt against a black belt, and mm-hmm. it's a fair matchup yeah. or whatever. 
How do you feel about the belt ranking system? Dude, I hate it. Belts are so stupid. Um, I wish, you know, kind of like wrestling where it's like you have a novice division and then a, uh, you know, just like open division. Uh, I wish it was something like that, at least in no gi. Maybe in the gi you can justify it, but I feel like people get too caught up on the belts, you know, because what it really boils down to is just time on the mats, you know what I mean? Like you could have somebody that's technically been training for five years, but if they're only showing up once a week, then it's like, okay, sure, like you're a blue belt, but, you know, you might also have a guy that's, you know, two years in training twice a day, multiple hours per session. And it's like, okay, he's also technically a blue belt. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So you're 15 years old, mm -hmm. I assume, in December of when you started, mm -hmm. 2019. 2019. What made 15-year-old Christian be like, going to give this a try? So uh, I wrestled from like second to ninth grade. Uh, had a little bit of a falling out with the team. Just didn't really see eye to eye with some of the coaching staff. Took a couple of years off, and then I'm in those years, man, just, you know, it was a really lonely time, right? Um, playing video games, just getting super fat, all that stuff. And it was, um, uh, COVID kind of rolled around. Um, and then after COVID, it's like, okay, well, like, what am I going to do with myself? And then it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to try jujitsu. And funny enough, shout out to my mom. Um, uh, she was the one that recommended it. I was real hesitant about it for a while. Like, nah, 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 I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I'm, uh, you know, tried one class, and ever since then, I was hooked. That's awesome, dude. Was you tried at Stout? Like, did you mm -hmm. start at Stout and just yep. stay there all the way? Yep, dude. Stupid <laughs> Stupinski with three separate comments beats my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, awesome, yeah. dude. It hit me like if if you watch the video, you'll see like my face. I was like, holy crap! It didn't even <laughs> hit me that. COVID was four years ago now. Mm -hmm. Like you saying that you basically started after COVID had yeah. already started. That does not seem four years ago yeah. at all. That's nuts. Dude, time flies, man. Um, uh, and, you know, I get it. COVID, you know, super hard for a lot of people. But, you know, for me, it really worked out in my favor. So I'm just really fortunate, man. That COVID shut down a lot of gyms. So it, it was unique that you took COVID as an opportunity to actually start. So it wasn't, it was kind of while I was in the midst of COVID, it was kind of what am I going to do with myself? And then as soon as the lockdown lifted, mm. um, uh, you know, school was still closed. I was still doing online school and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, I have all this free time on my hands. So I right. just show up, do the noon classes, do the afternoon classes. And then I'm, uh, you know, I'd actually have my laptop. I'd be logged into, you know, like my math class and shit and just you know, throw it <laughs> off on the side of the mat and just keep on training. That's hilarious. So was it kind of love at first roll, so to speak, or did it take a while for you to be like, okay, this is this is sick? No, dude, after the first class, I was hooked, man. <laughs> I was hooked. I felt like I was going to throw up, but I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. uh, I, I love that feeling. Were you, like, better than average right away? <sighs> no, no, not really, man. No, just kind of, you know, another random person at the gym. I'm glad you said that because if you if you would have said opposite, it would have ruined what I was gonna like follow up with. <laughs> but I was like, it's funny because jujitsu seems to be a thing that like athleticism, of course, helps mm -hmm. to some degree, but it's not something that literally anybody on earth has ever mm -hmm. been awesome at the first time. Like you just aren't. No, no. Um, I think so. Unlike you know some combat sports like I'm um, a uh, you know Muay Thai boxing, um, even wrestling where it's a lot of feel, I think that there's so much to jujitsu that you can't really feel it out, you know what I mean? It's either you know it or you don't. Mm. So it really comes down to more so of that technical side. So, you know, as you keep on progressing, you keep on knowing more, and then that's where you're really going to start getting better. Mm -hmm. That Did you fall in love with that very early, that yes. aspect of it? Yes, absolutely, man. Nice. Just kind of doing, like, the deep dives on, like, you know, different instructionals, different techniques, different positions, all that stuff. It's just there's so much that you can do within the sport that it really kind of called to me. Nice. Were you always a very kind of inquisitive person? Like, did you go down rabbit holes a lot oh as a God. kid and stuff? Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> um, 
rabbit holes not even just about jujitsu but like cars carpentry hunting just if, if what there's a spread a rabbit, right there yeah, by the yeah. way yeah like if there's rabbit holes that you can go down i probably spent at least <laughs> a month looking into it what what's like besides jujitsu what's mm-hmm. your biggest hobby weirdly enough chess man super big chess player it's not weird at all that's like everybody calls jujitsu human chess right yeah. that makes perfect sense actually yeah. so how long have you been playing chess two years two okay. years now so that came after jujitsu it did was it, it a did. result of jujitsu like hey i like this maybe chess will be cool to me no so like i don't know i was always real big into video games and stuff like that and don't get me wrong like i still love them but i just know with my personality like if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it you know all yeah. the way it's you know no right. halfsies or anything so just trying to find out something that i could do in my free time post training stuff like that that's you know more so mentally engaging rather than physically engaging because you know after training you're tired man for sure how do you recover do you have do you do anything in particular sleep eat um i'll sauna every now and then if i have something that's real nagging me like just stretching and stuff like that but honestly i feel like sleep's the biggest thing man like it's your body's natural recovery system and i don't feel like a lot of people necessarily sleep enough do you monitor your sleep pretty heavily? No, no. Um, you know, I've always been kind of curious about like the whoops and like the different sorts of trackers and stuff like that. But I'm, uh, I don't know. I just try and stay as in tune with my body as I can. You know what I mean? Like yep. I understand like, okay, needs to be a colder room, needs to be darker, all that stuff. But then I'm, uh, you know, I feel like tracking sleep, cool, but it's not going to help you in the moment. So just kind of mm-hmm. having like different tools and stuff in place to, you know, kind of make you just pass out. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I want to jump back to the video games. And okay. Throw this on you. Okay. Top, top three video games of all time. Ooh, top it. three of all time. Um, Franchises or just games specifically? <sighs> Man, that's a great question. You can include a franchise if you want. Okay. I feel like it's a cop-out answer, but COD, first of all, okay. uh, my first true love, I'd say. And then I'm... Uh, <laughs> um rust uh which is a pc game uh it's just kind of like a open world type deal you know show up get to beat people up you know it's very very aggravating sick and then i'm uh, i'm trying to think my third favorite video game probably escape from tarkov i don't know that at all no, be honest. it's yeah. so it's honestly more so like a combat sim than anything but again there's just so much to it um that you know you can go on like these massive deep dives you know you can build out your guns you can you know a bunch of different armors and stuff like that um nice. just really there's a lot to it and i'm uh i really appreciated it that's sick what's the best cod <laughs> uh mw2 by far okay the, the far. original yeah. one yes because didn't they remake it dude honestly i don't know ever since i'm uh I think it was Advanced Warfare. I kind of fell out with the franchise because it's just like, what kind are you guys doing? Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not a gamer by any means. But okay. in college, I played a lot. Obviously, yeah. as pretty much every college kid did. Mm-hmm. And COD was the one that we played. Like Modern Warfare Two. Oh my God, the hours I must have in that game are ridiculous. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But you're right. One of the best ever. Yeah. For sure. I don't know Rust either, but I'm intrigued by that. It's, it's that high up the list. So it's um uh, a real strange game. Uh. You know, if you look at the community, a pretty toxic community, but whatever. Shocking. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, you kind of log into a server and, you know, you kind of have to build a base. Um, there's guns and stuff like that that you can make, run around, shoot people, raid bases, stuff like that. Um, it's a very demanding game. And each time the server will wipe weekly. So, you know, you put in all this time, all this effort, and you know it's, you know, it's going to be gone. Yeah. But 
I don't know. People still get into it, man. And like, you'll have like, it's called like clans or like zergs or whatever. And you'll get like mass amounts of people. And like, dude, I remember at one point, especially during COVID, like I was scheduling my day around the game because, you know, server wipes at a certain time. And it's like, you got to go, bro. Got to get it done by go. That's wild. Was there anything real at stake in that? Like, were there tournaments for that game or anything like that? So there were uh, a much smaller degree than something, you know, maybe like a Fortnite or like a COD or like a um, uh, Rocket League or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would do, it'd be like wagers. So it'd basically be like you do like 1v1s and then like put money down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Jess Elizabeth making fun of you saying the gaming community is toxic. She said breaking news, sky is blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very fair. Very Caught fair. Me. And obviously anything like literally anything online nowadays is toxic. Dude, yeah. Fuck. How I, good. I, no good. Dude, I try and stay away from all that stuff because it just creeps into your mind, man. And then I'm uh, just <clears throat> nothing good ever comes from it. Nothing good really ever comes from it, I feel. Yeah, I was gonna I'm glad you said that because I was gonna point out that kind of for as well known as you are mm-hmm. locally, which you definitely are, mm-hmm. you, your online present it, it seems like you're intentionally not trying to be online very much to me. Like, whereas Lucas, for example, mm-hmm. is very out front with his online presence. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the opposite of that. So it's not necessarily that I'm, like, I'm intentionally not doing it. It's just, again, like, I'm such a private person, man, that, you know, it feels weird kind of putting yourself out there, you know, for everybody to, you know, look in, judge, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but, you know you kind of have to do it, especially, you know, in any sort of combat sport or anything. Cause at the end of the day, like sure. Like a professional athlete, all this stuff, but like, I'm an entertainer, dude. Like, you know, so I'm really trying to focus in on growing my audience and everything else, but just weird, man, putting yourself out there like that. It's goofy. And as a promotion, I mean, we have to do that. Of course. Like that's our job is to put Mm -hmm. things out there and get exposure for them. And we get attacked all the time too. Oh, <laughs> dude, like, I can imagine. It's like, dang, man, what we didn't do anything wrong, and like so many times, you have to just let it happen and let it go because you just look yeah. worse if you start arguing, uh, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Start spiraling downhill. Yeah, Jared Billy, the man, Jared Billy. Shout out, Jared. He, he said it can be real toxic. Some of these gamers are freaking brutal. Yeah, I'm glad. Like, I never even in college we did play online Call mm-hmm. of Duty, but for the most part, I just play like crap at home by myself <laughs> bloodborne's like my favorite game ever yeah. and i got super addicted to it i'm not familiar with it it's a from soft game so like dark souls okay. dark oh, souls yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. one of those but it's like the aggressive like gothic horror version of okay. one of those games i i how love ag- it way too much actually. how aggravating is it the most like <laughs> no i actually quit so my friend that i was in college with okay. that my roommate in throughout college he's a huge gamer okay and he was telling me for a long time he's like dude you gotta play bloodborne gotta play bloodborne i'm like i don't know man and then i played it one time made mm-hmm. it like for 20 minutes died a hundred times and i was like i'm never playing this again <laughs> yeah. and then it was covid and i was just bored at home and it was still installed mm-hmm. on my ps4 i was like i'm gonna try that again <laughs> and then i got somewhere and like slowly got better i was like oh my god this is the you best game ever. oh dude and like to bug. this day if i play video games i just play that yeah, I, I don't even need another game. It ruined other games for me. Really? <laughs> it's like no game is that good. It just d- doesn't hit the same or anything. Exactly. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try something that they're like, oh, this is like Bloodborne, and I'll try it. I'm like, nah, dude, that's nothing. <laughs> not like, it's not even close to the <laughs> same. Maybe I'm just being stubborn. Nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? If something calls to you, then it's gonna call to you. Very true. And I like how instantly jujitsu called to you because, like, for mm-hmm. a lot of people, it doesn't do that. I think that's a combination of just willpower but also you're pretty good at it to start at a good at a good school Mm -hmm. like 
having those people around you had to help too, right? Like seeing that there's a competition team, there's people mm-hmm. here doing real stuff. Like if I stay mm-hmm. here, maybe I could do something. Was the goal to compete from the beginning? No, no. So honestly, like I kind of stumbled into all of this, man. It was just, you know, what do I do with my time? How do I fill it? And I'm, uh, you know, fortunately, um, you know, as I kept on getting better and better, you know, some of the higher belts and higher ups at Stout, you know, started to notice me and stuff like that, you know, started to put a little bit more attention and stuff into me. And I'm, uh, you know, we're more so of an MMA gym. Um, our competition jujitsu side really isn't that big. And it was, you know, I remember kind of sitting down with Mike and it's like, okay, like, you know, this kind of interests me, dude. Like, what, what do you think, you know, traveling for all these different competitions, Vegas, California, um, you know, New York, just all over the place. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, let's try it, bro. And I'm, uh, you know, it just kind of grew from there. That's sick. So it was your idea originally? I don't know if it was necessarily my idea because they always wanted to see me compete because, you know, they saw what I did in practice and stuff like that. And they'd be curious to see like what I do on the local scene. And eventually it kind of hit a point where it's like, okay, I'm going against all the same guys. What do you do now? And it's Mm. like, okay, you bump up a little bit you know, start competing around those guys. Okay, you bump up a little bit, you bump up a little bit, you bump up a little bit. And it's like, you know, now I'm here where I am. How much different is competing than practice for you? I know everybody handles competition differently, feels it differently. Were you like a natural gamer, so to speak? Or did you have some performance anxiety oh starting my out? God, no, dude. Uh, I am an anxious mess. I am an anxious mess. But one thing that I'm, uh, you know, honestly, Lucas, uh, he's really been helping me out with it, you know, trying to get my mind, you know, straight and everything else. And one thing that I kind of realized with competition is like, you're never going to be as good in competition as you are in practice. So just trying to, you know, close that gap or close that distance, because, you know, however you practice is going to be on how you compete. So it's just trying to get as close to that as you can. Like, I don't think, you know, you always hear about like rising to the occasion and stuff like that. But like, I don't think that's true. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, that that's an interesting point because you do see athletes all the way up to the best pro level, whatever, take any sport. Mm-hmm. You see guys who are clutch, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it's like they do kind of rise up and mm-hmm. you hear about guys who are better in mm-hmm. games than in practice sometimes where the reverse is way more common. Mm-hmm. Like a dude's an animal in the gym, but then doesn't perform on fight night mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's just interesting navigating that whole realm to me mm. as, as a competitor for you, especially being like you were kind of like new to it, as you mm-hmm. said, like very, it was a very quick track. Like the fact that you started four years ago blew my mind. I was mm-hmm. not expecting that at all. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So did you, did your wrestling growing up, was that enough like performance that you felt like, oh, I've competed athletically enough? Did you do other sports or were you... Um, the spotlight in other areas no no so you know football um football and wrestling all the way from like second to ninth grade and i'm a you know pa is extremely difficult in wrestling i'd say i was like a 500 wrestler you Mm. you know what i mean like just average Mm -hmm. like not really on the spotlight but you know also didn't really suck or anything either so you know i'm used to competing i understand you know like lights and stuff are going to be on you people are going to be watching but you just have to tune that stuff out and i'm uh i don't know um Definitely first starting out in jiu-jitsu, it was very scary, right? Especially, you know, because what I would have been 15, 16, you know, going yeah. against like full-grown adults and stuff like that. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. It just all kind of worked itself out. This all kind of worked itself out. That's amazing. Stepinski said, before Christian, we had only done maybe one group travel competition for reference. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. That's insane because Stout seems like such the, you know, locally the biggest mm-hmm. traveling, local, like just everything. Mm-hmm. You guys have the biggest competition team for sure. Mm-hmm. Just the stable. 
How's that grown since you've been there, and what's it been like being a part of that growth? In what terms? You mean more so volume? People, yeah, okay. I mean just the, the just sheer, volume of training the sheer partners numbers and stuff of like people. That? Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. You know, especially first starting out, it's like okay, like you don't have that many people competing or traveling and stuff like that. But it's like now where we are, it's like you know we have some really really good competitors. You know, like Claire Butterfield, uh, she has a match tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, over at Lose, uh, you know Alex Hudick, he's great. Um, Andy, um, you know we just have a lot of people that are you know kind of coming up and realizing it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be purely MMA. I can yeah. just simply compete in jujitsu. And it's really cool to be able to see not just myself, but also other individuals realize that and kind of pursue it. Sure. Was that a product of stout growing a lot? Or was that a product? Because jujitsu in general mm-hmm. has gotten immensely mm-hmm. more popular. You think it was a combination probably? I think it was, yeah, I think it was a combination of both. So um, Warren, um, you know, he has been grappling and competing you know since you know before i was even alive and stuff like that so i think he kind of understood what it would take and he understood what the scene kind of looked like and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it just kind of you know became a matter of i understand what i need to do as a coach how can i get the athletes though to be able to then you know put them up on that stage and Mm. you know that's what he's doing now yeah it's been really cool to see man and i'll say from our end an honor to be a part of it too like we always like working with stout mm-hmm. clearly and the sprawl events since we started that in july like mm-hmm. that's been a good way for us to obviously get more of you guys in yeah there. like yeah. that opens up a totally new avenue mm-hmm. i know the cage is different but i like that personally <laughs> like myself i like that it's different mm-hmm. um we've had a we've had people say like we should get a mat in a stage but mm-hmm. besides logistically which let's be honest it's night like we have an mma show the next day the cage is already yeah. set up that's very nice for us mm-hmm. obviously it's convenient. yeah but legitimately even if that wasn't the case i think having cage grappling is cool like that's different mm-hmm it's definitely unique you know it's going to put you guys on a little bit of a different market right you guys aren't going to be going against people like you know fight to win who's number one and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i think it is going to draw in a little bit of a different audience and i think it's going to be able to help you guys grow yeah yeah and speaking of sprawl and brawl in the bird brawl in the bird 19 tickets for people who are listening they just went on sale today so i'm just saying we announced justin Patton versus jacob alave so i know Patton comes into stout right Mm -hmm. So uh, have you ever worked like on Saturdays? Does he ever come in? Yeah. So, you know, uh, obviously Are you probably see, not there on Saturday. Yeah. So I'm not really there I'm with um, too much of, no, no, no. So I'm not really there with too much of the sparring team, but you know, I definitely go down to the mat factory and, you know, I will see, you know, some of the mat factory guys on Saturday and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not the most informed person, but I got to put my money on Patton. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude's just a stud. I mean, watching his growth is cool because mm-hmm. he, he's like, He's 28 or 9, I want to say, but he mm-hmm. feels older because it seems like he's been around for so yeah. long. Like, like that OG crew of Pittsburgh MMA guys, mm-hmm. he was a part of that. Hmm. And now he's still here, like, at his peak, yeah. now, like, slowly getting to his peak. It's really cool to see his progression, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of guys definitely would have quit by now. He's like, the, he can't be stopped. It's a tough sport, man. It's a tough sport, you know, getting punched in the face. It's, it's not fun. It's insane. And then you add in the fact, like, you have a day job. At mm-hmm. this level, it's not enough to sustain you as a career. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I got a day job. I got a girlfriend. I got friends. And you also want me to dedicate all this time to <laughs> MMA? Like, that. that's a crazy thing to ask. Yeah. How's that for you? What's your day look like like do you have a do you have a day job or no dude so again shout out to stout um i i cannot stress this enough i would not be here if it wasn't for them um even in high school and stuff like that you know um i didn't necessarily have a normal job or anything like that i'd basically go to my classes 
leave, uh, you know, sprint out the door to try and make it to the 430 classes. And, you know, I teach little kids, uh, teach the older kids, and then I just train. And then I'm uh, kind of grow from there, right? So, you know, go from teaching kids classes to, you know, teaching adult classes and stuff like that. So, no, um, everything that I do, uh, just I'm hanging out at Stout, man. Hanging out at Stout. Beautiful. I think that's amazing, first of all, that you're teaching mm-hmm. at this age. But secondly, you know, it's a sophisticated art. Mm-hmm. you got to get the details right to yeah. teach. How long into it were you before they felt comfortable having you teach classes? Uh, kids or adults? Start with kids. Kids, I was teaching. They had me shadowing two years in probably two years in so you know you get your blue belt you feel comfortable with the general position stuff like that okay you're going to start working with the little kids okay how do you do with the little kids okay it seems like they're taking well they're growing right you're patient um you can present the information in a manner in which that is very digestible for them so it's like okay now we're going to put you on the older kids same thing there how do you handle that and then you know, depending on how that goes, then it's like, okay, now we're going to let you start teaching adults. Dude, even with the adults, they were super hesitant, man. And understandably so, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. imagine being a full grown adult walking into a gym and it's like, who the fuck is this kid? Like I'm supposed to learn from him. And it's just like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Imagine walking in and there's a 17 year old just like, <laughs> yeah, I've been training for like a month, but they say I'm pretty good. <laughs> we'll see. Wilkins commented. He is a terrific teacher. So there you yeah. go, dude. Nice. Appreciate it, Love that. I th- are kids harder to teach? To me, it seems like they would be harder. So here's what I'll say with kids. Teaching kids is much more difficult than teaching adults, but it is so much more fulfilling, mm. right? Being able to sit there and look at a kid and, you know, you can see their face light up um, both in the moment and then over time and stuff like that. It's definitely a much more rewarding experience. Dude, like, right? Like sometimes you're just going to get kids and they just don't want to listen, man, right? Like c- kids are going to be kids at the end of the day. So it's difficult. It's more difficult. But um, uh, I honestly kind of enjoy it a little bit more. How do you deal with the parents? Are they harder to, to manage On than it, the kids? Uh, sometimes the parents can be. But, you know, fortunately, the culture in which that we've been able to establish at Stout and everything else, mm-hmm. a lot of the parents are really understanding. They're really trusting. You know, um, they'll either drop their kid off or, you know, they'll stay for class. But, you know, they'll just kind of sit there and watch, man. Nice. Um, I haven't really had to deal with too many parents that are, you know, being overly aggressive or, you know, kind of sideline coaching and stuff like that. And whenever I do, you know, I come up and I, you know, just talk to him and it's like, listen, I understand you want to see your kids succeed. And it's like, so do I, but what's the best way that we can go about it? Okay, cool. When Steve Mowry was on the podcast, he was talking about that, how a lot of um, the sideline parents, he's like, he's like, that's why I never really want to coach because Mm -hmm. that would drive me bananas. Like I wouldn't be able to handle it Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to teach and somebody knows better on the sidelines. It's just like, oh, I could see that. It's definitely frustrating, man. But again, um, if you want to see some real bad examples, um, peewee wrestling, (laughs) those parents go so Uh, hard, man. Um, So, you know, I resemble that remark. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm upset Danny Palm's not here because he always talks about wrestling parents and how insane they were. Because he was an assistant wrestling coach at oh, Upper St. Clair. Yeah. So. Dude, it's not even the dads, too. I don't think people realize wrestling moms, they get into it, bro. They <laughs> oh, get into it. Oh, yeah. Stand dude. up. Stand up. It's just, yeah, uh, just stand, it's a like, different world. Why don't they just stand up more often? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know. It's just that easy, apparently. Do you watch the UFC much? Uh, I would definitely classify myself more as a casual, but okay. I'm, uh, yeah, I definitely follow MMA. I was going to ask if you're aware of like the meme with Derek Lewis, just stand up. 
Oh my yeah! Like he he literally just stands yeah. up all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. Uh, what's his nickname? It's the Black Beast, Black Beast right? Yeah, 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 but like I don't know. There's a reason for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it. Like you got to be built different to just stand up. It's you know the way that he does it though. Yeah, it's, it's smart. Act- right. It's smart. But again though, just you know, from an outsider looking in, it's just. You know, he just shucks people off like it's no problem. I've I've seen breakdowns explaining like, no, this is actually kind of technical the way yeah. he's doing this. But but you're right. When you're just watching, it's like, bro, he literally just stood up. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. What was your kind of like go to as you started jujitsu? Did you have a, a signature move or anything that you developed early that gave you a lot of confidence? So I would say until about what halfway into my white belt career. No, not really. And then I'm uh, I started working with Vince Mang a lot. And I'm a, you know, if you guys have ever watched him grapple or anything like that, it's a lot of inversions, a lot of reverse daily heave, a lot of daily heave and stuff like that. And it's like, I remember kind of sitting there on open mats and it's like, dude, like this dude's badass. Like I want to be like him. Yeah. And then it's, you know, started talking to him, uh, did a couple of privates with him um, after the privates and stuff like that. You know, he just, you know, started investing a lot and um, uh, it started to turn into like a lot of reverse daily heave, a lot of inversions, you know, kind of spinning underneath, just a lot of guard play. Nice. Shout out Vince, by the way. He's yeah, the man. Yeah, A1, bro. And I think A1. E- every time he gets brought up on the podcast, everybody says that he annoys them by how good he is at everything. <laughs> dude, it's so stupid. It could be basketball, shooting, skateboarding. It's just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I, like, like, I don't know if he's practicing these things on his off time. I think or what. he is. I think that's the secret with Vince. Maybe. He's just constantly like learning a new skill and then casually like, you guys want to go bowling later? I'm just, <laughs> I just, just thinking about it. Like, dude. bowling would be cool. Dude, he's no. he's messed no, me up he's... in bowling before. <laughs> See, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, no, he's definitely like just one of those people like that exists. It's like yeah, you're just, just good just at stuff, just good at stuff, just mm-hmm. super talented man. Mix it up. Yeah, what would be like besides jujitsu? What could you absolutely school somebody at? What could I absolutely school somebody at? Right off the cusp, or do I have a little bit of preparation? You could prepare for like six months. <sighs> six months. I would say a lot of thing, uh, most things like academic. Uh, I'm definitely not mm-hmm. the biggest athlete, but if I like something and I'm going to invest my time into it, I feel like I'm a pretty quick learner. Nice. So I'd say like most things like academically or just more so like silly or cerebral. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. <laughs> cerebral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if there was like a theme to Jeopardy and you could pick the topic, you would just clean up i don't know if i'd clean up but i'm uh, i definitely be able to hold my own nice i like that what would be like you're going on jeopardy mm-hmm. it's final jeopardy what would you want the category to be like what do you know the most about Besides jujitsu, you can't pick that. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that was definitely it. Weirdly enough, I'd say I'd probably say like I'm a uh, cooking or something like that. Nice. Like I don't know on how you'd go about it if you'd want to look at like famous chefs and stuff like that. But I'm a you know cooking was a big um, theme kind of growing up. Right, That's grandparents, it. both nice. my parents, um, they actually met in culinary school and stuff like that. So um, always kind of grew up with it around. So yeah, I'd have to go with cooking, man. Sick. What's I'm, I'm giving you another top three okay. list cause I'm obsessed with okay. lists. This is like what I am autistic about is lists. I love it. So <laughs> was that politically incorrect? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, top three meals, top three meals. Oh fuck. Gotta go with my grandma's meatloaf. Dude. Love it. Gotta go. Grandma meal yeah. at the top. Absolutely beautiful. Lasagna always goes hard. Just a nice steak, bro. Dude, yeah. Nice I mean, steak. Come on. You can't leave a good steak yeah. out. Nice fatty ribeye, 20 ounce bone in. Yeah. This guy knows. This guy knows. I saw <laughs> I saw you were at Fat Butcher with Lucas mm-hmm. the other day, too. How was that? Dude, Steve's so man. Good. I love Dude. Steve. 
so obviously, right, Steve's a G, but just even like the food there, the quality of the beef and stuff like that. If you guys haven't been to Fat Butcher, go. Okay, you're missing out, just flat out. Um, he gave us, I believe it was some flat irons, and dude, it was so fucking good. Yeah. So good. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's really good stuff. We obviously have our partnership with Strip District Meats, mm-hmm. but I still love Fat Butcher as well and, and love Steve. Have mm-hmm. you been to Strip District Meats as well? I mean, obviously, um, that's close to Stout. Yeah, yeah. Strip. So I've definitely been in there a couple of times, but I don't visit regularly, yeah. I'd say. You got to get in there and check out their wild game, dude. Like, just... Dude, I, I, know, I know they have a like, lot. I know they have a lot. It's just crazy. Like, it's mind-blowing. And if you like to cook, like, you're mm-hmm. going to appreciate a lot of other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. the the quality of beef, the Wagyu, mm-hmm. the, like, high-end Wagyu yeah. stuff they have is, like, mind-numbing, mm-hmm. honestly. Their GM, Brad, who he's awesome. He trains at mm-hmm. Indio, actually, and he's a huge fight fan, and that's kind of how mm-hmm. this all came to be. But he and his wife split this, like, insane Japanese Wagyu. Okay. It was, like, $150 a pound or something. I believe it, bro. Like that. I believe it. That shit's like, crazy. He's like, dude, it was hard for us to finish it because it was so rich. Just all yeah. the fat. It's like, yeah, it's, Ugh. like, eating almost, like, pure that. butter. I still want that. Like, I really <laughs> want too, that. Me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> I want to see uh, Wilkins said Vince is good at everything and then just said chess. Is Vince good at chess or is he saying like he's probably good at chess? I, I don't know. I've never played Vince in chess. Definitely, you know, based off his track record, it's potential. You know, if, he's got potential. If I had you and Vince in a room and brought a chess board in and set it up, would you feel confident that you were about to win? You know, I got to stay humble. I got to stay humble. <laughs> but, of course, I'm always going to bet on myself. Nice. I like that. I like that. Gator, Stepinski said Gator's crazy good. Gator is crazy good. It's mm-hmm. like a mix between fish and chicken almost. Yeah. It's super good. Stepinski said more Christian lore unlocked. I don't know if that's you being into cooking or what the lore was exactly. I'm not sure. What was the new, That's cool, though. I'm, I'm glad. Sure. I'm glad we unlocked some new Christian lore. That's awesome. There we go. What is your favorite thing to cook? Like if somebody was coming over and they're like, I want you to impress me with a meal, what are you doing? I'd probably say... Uh, nice steak, you know, some roasted asparagus, some roasted potatoes, maybe, I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else, you know, maybe doing like a sauce, maybe like a chimichurri or maybe like, oh. like a real simple pan oh, sauce. Okay. You can even go with like a horseradish or something like that. Love it. Yeah. A creamy horseradish. Yeah. For it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm way in on that. I love to cook too, man. <laughs> okay. I really do. I always have, I grew up like my mom and dad both loved to cook. Okay. And my mom actually ran a bed and breakfast for a little while. Dude, that's awesome, Yeah, man. so I've, I've been around that life, and, like, my dad yeah. was huge into smoking meats. Yeah, char- okay. Charcoal game, like, he was always a charcoal <laughs> guy. So that was good. And then, like, smoking meats obviously blew up mm-hmm. recently. Now everybody smokes meats or has, yeah, a, dude. has a Traeger or something. <laughs> but you yeah, got to do it over charcoal. I, don't know. I guess you can thank the Rogan podcast for that dude, one. Dude, he's a big reason why. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. How Do you, do you listen to Rogan? I'll listen if it's a guest that I'm interested in, but definitely not going out of my way to listen yeah. to each and every one. Like if I get the recommendation, I'll certainly sit sure. down and listen to it. But I'm a now I got some other podcasts and stuff that I prefer. What what do you like? Craig Jones's? Yeah, so His right. Yeah, so the Craig Jones podcast, you know, that's funny. Um I would say more so in like kind of like the self improvement sphere, you know. Like uh, I, I always want to try and better myself, so I'd say like the um, uh, Chris Williamson podcast. That's a great one. Mm. I'd say like the Powerhouse Project. That's another good one. Um, Andrew Huberman, uh, he's a G. I'm trying to think about some other ones. I'm trying to think about some other ones. Uh, I'd say like those are like the top ones. Those are all super solid. Yeah. 
that's important, man. I think mm-hmm. people, that's a big, I don't know if it's, it's probably because of all these podcasts, mm-hmm. honestly, that's become more of a part of younger generations' lives. Mm-hmm. I think this understanding that mental health is very important Dude, and, so and important, focusing man. like just on your overall well-being, mm-hmm. very important. Like physical health mm-hmm. matters a lot. And that's Absolutely. something that Americans definitely have gotten away from <laughs> hard. <laughs> Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just, and the jujitsu culture plays into that too, mm-hmm. right? Because it's an extremely healthy thing to do physically and mentally. Yeah. So I would say, like, I don't know, one of the big, or I think one of the biggest reasons why jujitsu is kind of blown up in popularity, it's kind of trifold, right? So on one hand, it's very physically demanding, right? So you're getting that level of exercise there. Also on top of it, it's very mentally engaging, right? A lot of positions and stuff like that that you got to deal with. And then also like the community aspect, man, just having good people around you, it does so much for you, man. It Mm -hmm. does so much. And like, you know, time is your most valuable resource. And it's like, if you're not growing, you're dying, man. So we just, so obviously we're in the Mm -hmm. office today. We work only in office one day a week on Fridays. Okay. So we were all here and Ryan, we had a meeting this morning, me, Ryan and Jim. Mm -hmm. And that was, Ryan was saying like, what's the most valuable thing in the world? And we, me and Jim both said our our lives, like Mm -hmm. in general, like if you're not alive, nothing else matters. He's like, how about time? Time, bro. And like, you just said it too. Like the, the time aspect, like, yeah, dude, it's It's funny that we were just talking about that this morning. It's the only thing you can't make more of, man. It's the only thing. Big facts. Well, you're doing the most with your time, dude. That's for sure. Like Try you're to. you're you're running on hyper warp speed right now. <laughs> so what is like what's your end goal, man? Do you wanna be do you wanna make jujitsu your career and your main source of income as a competitor? Do you wanna keep teaching? You open know, your own gym? What's so it's definitely hard to say right now with me being so young and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. There's um a, a Japanese philosophy, it's called uh Ikigari. Um it's finding a balance between what you love what you're good at and what brings value to people. And I think I've been able to find that kind of through jujitsu and whatever that may look like is, you know, ideally it'd be me running a gym and stuff like that. But I just want to be able to not even necessarily for adults, but more so being able to like empower kids and stuff like that and be That's kind so of a cool. resource for them. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember growing up and stuff like that and how much, you know, coaches and stuff like that played in my life. And I feel like that's one of the, you know, regions in which that I can have the most impact. So I would say probably coaching, um, whether that's me doing my own gym, me doing privates, whatever that case may be, but more so specifically in like the kids realm, man. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. That's not what I expected you to say. That's really? Re- that's really cool. Really? Yeah. yeah. But I mean that it makes sense. Like yeah. if that's how you want to give back and mm-hmm. that's what you derive worth from, like you said, that's, that's huge, dude. Yeah. Hogaback commented and said, my dog was in the shin guards and small gloves on Tuesday. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. Dude. I Wait, are we going to get the Christian Schaefer <laughs> MMA debut sometime? No, no, Let's no. go. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe in like five years from now. But I, I've even talked with like Mike and Will and stuff like that, Um, you know, about it just because, you know, it's always fun trying new stuff. And it's like, sure, you can dabble in a little bit. But where I'm at right now, it makes more sense for me to just kind of hone in on the grappling side yeah. of things. And then, you know, you can always add in striking afterwards. Obviously, everything's important in MMA. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's harder to learn grappling than learn striking. Unpopular opinion, maybe, but I don't know. Um, so Will's going to come first <laughs> through the door. He's like, I heard that. Yeah, he's going to give me a T1 right to the face. <laughs> um, uh, so, no, uh, kind of focusing on the grappling side, but, dude, fucking Tuesday. So the way that it happened was is that um, I unfortunately ended up missing training in the morning, just had some family stuff pop up. So I messaged Mike and it's like, hey, do you care if I hop in with like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I said the grappling practice. 
Nice. Right. So I thought that I was showing up and it was just going to be me in small gloves and, you know, just, you know, doing jujitsu, you know, with strikes and stuff. And it's like, OK, we're doing three fives. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, you know, fortunately, everybody was super kind to me. Didn't fuck me up too bad. But I'm, I definitely ate some pretty hard shots. Were you surprised at how much different it was that you couldn't just step in and be good at it? No, no, absolutely. You knew not. that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because, you know, like. To think that you can go into a realm in which that isn't yours and just absolutely dominate, you know, some of these people that have, you know, dedicated serious, serious time to, like, you just be arrogant to think otherwise. Yeah, no, you're you're dead on. Stepinski said it was like watching a rock, rock'em, sock'em robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how do you like throwing back? Like, how is striking somewhat natural to you? Fuck no. Offensively? Fuck no. no. Feels dude, goofy? D- dude, I have two left feet. Okay. Um, uh, again, nice thing with jujitsu, it's a very like step by step thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very easy for me to grasp. Uh, with striking though, it's just like, you know, Will's sitting there and he's like, you gotta relax, you gotta relax. Like, you know, you gotta drop your shoulders, just breathe a little bit. And it's like, mm. dude, I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I do. No. I think something interesting with your journey as well is simply not just your age because of how young you are and that you're doing it, but mm-hmm. the age that you started versus where you are now versus where you're going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. Physically, you're going to be a different person in yeah. each of those stages. How have you noticed like throughout your development that your game has changed as you've just physically matured? So definitely, I would say it was a massive advantage with me starting out so much smaller because you have to keep in mind whenever I started, right? Like I'm only, what, 120, 130 pounds at the time. So it's like Mm. I'm getting my ass whipped by these people that, you know, are just average size, but, you know, with them being adults and stuff like that. So it was kind of trial by fire. And now that, you know, I'm growing up and stuff like that and getting bigger, it's like I noticed myself being able to be able to pin people more, being mm-hmm. able to stay on top more, being able to be a little bit more physically dominant. And because, you know, I had that trial by fire so early on, all the stuff on bottom just kind of came so naturally to me because it's like I had to keep people off of me because, you know, whenever people have such a big size advantage on you, you know, sometimes it can get hard and you can get lost. And um, uh, just really worked out in my favor, I feel. I don't know if you saw the clip or listened to the mm-hmm. Rogan podcast where Elon Musk was just on. No, they were no talking, I haven't listened to it yet. Dude, you got to find this because you're just going to be like okay. shaking your head the whole time. Just this one clip. Okay. Elon was talking about grappling or fighting okay. uh, Zuckerberg. And <laughs> and Elon has like 70 pounds on him or something. And Elon was like, I'm just going to lay on him and he's not going to be able to do anything. And I was like, if only you knew. You've definitely never trained, have no, you? <laughs> I was no. Like, you think just because you're 70 pounds bigger, you instantly win? No, no, dude, that <laughs> that is not how that works. Um, uh, dude, there are some, you know, you can very easily find instances of like, you know, like these itty bitty girls or whatever, just beating the shit out of like even like bodybuilders and stuff like that. And it's oh, yeah. like, I don't, I just don't think people realize because you know, it's a, oh, I'm 260, bro. You, you don't understand my mentality. I right? see red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see red and body strong. It's just like. It's not how that works, bro. Again, but, comes from a place of arrogance, I think. But being in the gym works that out of you so instantly. So, the dude, first jujitsu so class, you're you like, get humbled yep, so I suck. I suck. Yeah. yeah. But now to be on the other side of that, mm-hmm. to where you are more so the one dishing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. out, what is that like for you, knowing now like what you are capable of in this realm? Could you give a little bit more clarification? Yeah, like when you're first starting, you're trying to survive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the goal, like mm-hmm. just survive. But okay. now you're at a place not of survival, but mm-hmm. of learning and growth and then applying that. Mm-hmm. So how has that changed your approach to jujitsu in general? I don't think it necessarily has changed it more so because obviously, you know, coming from a place of survival, you're just trying to, you know, 
survive but like at the end of the day i do this shit because it's fun if mm-hmm. it wasn't fun i wouldn't do it so it's just how can i make practice enjoyable and how can i get a little bit better each day and i think that's always kind of been the common theme as i'm coming up and i think it's one of the reasons why i've been able to you know grow at the rate in which i have um i will say it's much nicer being able to dictate the pace of a role or you know kind of going to different positions on your terms and stuff like that but i'm um, overall theme wise i'd say it's still kind of stayed the same mm-hmm I think, you know, obviously with everybody you guys mm-hmm. have at Stout, that makes probably the whole, the reason you enjoy it so much. That's probably mm-hmm. a big reason, if I had to guess. Not just the amount of people, but the different looks and then the different personalities. Mm-hmm. And the way the way you guys are all friends is really yeah. cool from the outside. Like I'll say, your team seems very strong on like, it seems like you guys hang out a lot. Dude, people don't <laughs> understand it, but like there have been like some nights, man, and it's like, you know, Mike... Vince, Britt, Lucas, you know, and like so many other more. It's like, dude, like I can hit them up at two o'clock in the morning if I'm having a rough day or something like that, and they're going to pick up. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. being able to have people like that in your corner where they want to see you grow and they want to, you know, support you and, you know, they want your best interests and stuff like that for you. It's, you know, it's really a beautiful thing. And, you know, because, you know, sometimes I will struggle with like imposter syndrome, especially with like the growth of everything so quickly, but it's like, dude, I have other people telling me where it's like, you can make a serious thing out of it. So it's like, even if I don't believe in myself, I know that other people do. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's really amazing. That's huge. And imposter syndrome so real on for so, <sighs> so many real. people too. I heard Britt talking about it on mm-hmm. that Relentless Project podcast, which was really cool, by the mm-hmm. way. Ish is good. Ish is coming in next week. Let's go. Yeah, yeah I'm stoked, shout I'm stoked to, Ish, to have man. him on shout here. Ish. So that's awesome. But when when maybe you're still not really fully over it but mm-hmm. when did you start to get over that idea of like i haven't been doing this long enough to be any like i'm sure that was part mm-hmm. of it at first right because it happened so fast for you dude i still struggle with it every single yeah. day um because again right like i didn't come into this with the goal of oh, i'm gonna be the best or anything mm-hmm. it's just like you know this is something i like to do let's see how far it can go um and the nice thing is is that i can you know, where you build confidence is through experience. So if at any moment I feel like, you know, oh, like, is this real? Is this, you know, like, am I fake or anything else? Or like, you know, do I actually, do I deserve to be in the situation which I am in? You know, I can always look at, you know, my past, some of the matches, some of the wins that I have, some of the losses that I have, you know, those trials and tribulations. And then, you know, let's say if that isn't enough, then I then have that whole community behind me. So... Yeah. yeah, I think having you at Sprawl mm-hmm. too was super cool, man. Like that I was an honor it. to have you there. It was awesome to be there. Thanks, dude. That yeah. was a uh, we talked about it. I think it was on the show before the show, so maybe you guys didn't hear it. But um, we'll get back into Sprawl just a little bit. That was a rematch, wasn't it? Yeah. So okay. um, uh, initially had um, our first match would have been Nogi Pan's last year first match. First match. Um, I was able to win on points. Um. And then, you know, uh, some unfortunate things happened during the match. Uh, you know, match got called or whatever. But, yeah, th- th- that was a rematch. That was a rematch. How good did that feel to put a stamp on it? Because that's I, – I didn't know the exact context mm-hmm. of the first one, but I heard it was, mm-hmm. like, kind of controversial. Uh, if you look at the rules, <laughs> it wasn't controversial. But um, uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, but – you know, it, it always feels good to be able to solidify your position and understand it's like, okay, like this wasn't a fluke. Like, yeah. it's like, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, m- moving forward, mm-hmm. like, what kind of matchups excite you? I want to be able to put on the best show that I can, and whatever that opponent may look like, I want. Again, at the end of the day, 
I understand that I'm an athlete. I understand, like, you know, I want to win and everything else. But I just want to be able to entertain people. I want to be able to, you know, kind of be a part of the growth of the sport and be able to get more eyes on it. So whoever that may be, where I can put on an entertaining match that people can get invested into, not just, you know, mentally, but emotionally, right? Like, that's why, you know, a sport yeah. like football is so big. Because, you know, how many people know, like, the plays and shit that people are actually running? They don't. It's mm -hmm. just you know, I want the fucking Steelers to win or, you, you know, or whatever the case may be. So yeah. it's, how can I create an entertaining match? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've done a good job at that. I appreciate so it. That match was entertaining. It. I'm always blown away by just the way the leg lock game blew up in the past <laughs> couple of years. Like that dominates everything now. Mm -hmm. And I saw Mike's post after ADCCs was mm -hmm. like, if you don't know leg locks, you're, you're toast in this. It's necessary. Now. Yeah. It is to the point now where... And again, I think a lot of people try and draw a distinction between, oh, you know, jujitsu and leg locks. And it's like, no, this is all one thing now. And like, you just got to accept it for how it is. Um, you know, John Danaher, one of, uh, you know, Warren, right, my coach, um, he was one of his coaches, uh, really kind of revolutionized the game and really drew a lot of popularity to him because, you know, before it would just be, oh, uh, you're losing a match, fuck it, go hit a leg lock. But, you know, he kind of put a system in place on okay these are different good positions that you can get to these are different good locks that you can get to here's the interplay between you know leg locks and then upper body submissions like arm bars and triangles and stuff like that and as soon as he did it you know all of his guys were fucking people up and it's you know you at some point have to open up your eyes and realize it's like this shit's real bro yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean they did they made it undeniable yeah. at some point and, mm -hmm. it, and it seemed like it happened extremely fast which was cool from yeah. an outsider's perspective what is that connection with Danaher like? Because I know that he's still, like, he's still somewhat involved, right? Mm -hmm. Here, like, he'll come to Pittsburgh once in a while, or so you guys have some he, communication. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a level of communication. I'm actually leaving um, in two weeks. I'm gonna go uh, go down to Austin. I'm gonna go train uh, under Danaher and you know his crew and you know Sick. all of his athletes and stuff like that for a couple of months. And I'm really looking forward to it. He doesn't necessarily travel a whole lot just because he doesn't have to, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's such a big name and stuff like that. But um, uh, there's definitely a level of communication between Warren and him where. It's like if we ever wanted to host a seminar, I'm sure we could probably arrange it. Yeah. Or if, yeah. you know, we wanted to send one of our athletes down, such as myself, down, um, you know, we can certainly do it. So it's not like a day-to-day -day type deal, but there's definitely like the dude was in Warren's wedding, right? So it's, I didn't know yeah, that. That's so cool. Yeah. Did he wear a rash guard? Not, no clue. Bro, please no tell clue. me he wore a Pro rash guard. That knowing him, probably. Probably. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're going down to train with, with New Wave at Roca, mm -hmm. I yep. guess? Yeah, so the um, uh, Roca training facility, granted, they just opened up a new gym, so I don't know if it's still going to be mm. at Roca or if that. it's going to be now at uh, Hensler Gracie Austin. Yeah, they just got a whole bunch of more mat space, so we shall see. What's up with Austin just becoming the center of everything just like blew the fuck up dude. man i think you know covid happened people yeah. realized you know california kind of sucks um and it's just okay so where, where does everybody go and it's you know i guess texas was the answer and you know everybody just started migrating there and it's you know you get one good gym down there you get mm -hmm. two good gyms down there you get three good gyms and then all of a sudden everybody's like oh shit like we this should is be actually there. like a happening place yeah and, and it, then you know that's where the flea kind of happens for sure i used to work for flow actually so oh really yeah. i didn't know that bro. i ran flow combat for like two and a half years oh, fuck yeah, and dude. did some stuff with fuck grappling yeah. and wrestling too while i was there yeah. very cool so i'd be down in austin like four times a year yeah yeah and it's dude even back then this was like 2017 mm -hmm. and 19 maybe something mm -hmm. like that it was 
awesome even back then but you could see how flow mm -hmm. grappling was taken off and it was yeah. just insanity and what, now with like who's number one and everything yeah oh uh, i gotta ask while you were down there would you definitely say that austin is a weird place i know it's their trademark but <laughs> they keep it pretty weird they bro. do yeah okay. have you ever been to portland oregon yeah uh i have not personally uh i have family members that have been and okay. i've heard accounts from them so I haven't been there since like 2018 and okay. I hear it got like way, way crazier yeah. since then. Yeah, it went downhill. In a bad way. Yeah. But when I was there, it was like the right amount of weird. Okay. It was like goofy. It was goofy. Uh -huh. Like you would genuinely walk outside and somebody would be like playing a harp in the park. <laughs> and you're like, why is this happening? <laughs> but know. I'm into it. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> badass. Yeah. So Austin definitely had that vibe. But now, from what I understand, at least like the homeless problem is pretty huge in Austin. Yeah. Pretty Yeah. Good. It I was think... bad when I was there. So, really? Yeah. It's unfortunate, man. But you know. Like, kind of makes sense, right? They got a lot of resources down there. And nice um, weather. That's yeah, a lot of programs. A lot, yeah. yeah, dude, weather's a big one, right? Not having to sleep on somewhere that's cold. Dude, I would probably eat Texas brisket out of the trash. Like, I would not even <laughs> care. If somebody threw away some, like, dude, authentic honestly, Texas brisket. It's probably better than the barbecue that we have in Pittsburgh, I'd say. Dude, except for one, bro. Big Rigs barbecue in Monroe. Big Rigs. Have I haven't tried it. There? I haven't tried it. I'm curious, though. I thought the same thing. For okay. the longest time, I was like... Even the worst barbecue mm -hmm. I had in Texas, because every time I would go, I would try yeah. like six different places. Uh -huh. You have to. Right? Yeah, just sample. And I was like, the worst I had is still way better than anything I can get in Pittsburgh. Okay. And then Big Rigs opened, and I went there once, and I was like, oh, my God. Somebody Changed figured you. it out. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> figured it out. That's like, so cool. It's like an awakening. Yeah, dude, it really was. Dude. That's in Monroeville, so unfortunately okay. you said you're usually not out at that stout. but I don't know, dude. I'm definitely willing to travel for um, uh, some good barbecue. Travel so for good brisket, I might man. have to plan a little Go trip. Go train at Monroeville one yeah. night and then get big rigs after, dude. Dude, that Tell sounds him like a sent you. He's the man, too. He's just a good dude, which makes it that much sweeter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. I like that you're going down to Austin. Was that kind of... Was that your idea? Your, how did that come to be? So it was kind of something that's always been in the talks. As you know, it's not so much a matter of why or how, but more so a when in mm. terms of my career and stuff like okay. that. Because you know, it's always nice just being able to you know get different looks, be able to you know travel to different teams, be able to see some different perspectives and stuff like that. So I'd say it's probably something that we've been talking about in like the past. Mm, year 18 mm -hmm. months or something like that and it just um, finally came to fruition did you have imposter syndrome about the idea of so training with dan Hurd? so much dude dude like you know that's like the fucking mecca of jiu-jitsu dude so <laughs> for it's sure like, dude i remember like walking in because um where i was staying i was staying at an airbnb because so i've already been down there for um uh, 10 days so this is like a little bit of a longer trial period even but I'm, uh, I remember, you know, walking there and it's like, okay, calm down, bro. You're here for a reason. You got invited here. Yeah. So yeah. cool. Yeah, man. He's, you know, throw jujitsu out the window. He's one of the most interesting and amazing humans to ever live, I think. He's just a fucking character, dude. It doesn't and, make sense. Yeah. And like from every single account that you hear, it's like he has figured out his purpose and he strives to excel in that region to the absolute best regard and cuts out any distractions. And it's like insane. Yeah. I mean, like take more classic famous athletes, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. classically married to the game. Yeah. First one's in, last one's out. Mm -hmm. Danaher likes jujitsu more than they like basketball. Uh, yeah. Flat out. It's yeah, not even close. I don't even know if it's just jujitsu or if it's combat. Combat, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. heard that he knows like a ton about striking and stuff. Dude, too. apparently he started in fucking karate, I think. I think that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. I know I'm a, he's Gary Tonin's striking coach. So yeah. it's like, you know, obviously he's known for jujitsu, but it's like, you know, if he's 
coaching a dude like that. He's got to at least know something. Always cool when I see pictures of Gary at Stout, by the way. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. Talk about a character, too. Gary's a hilarious guy, at least online. Yeah. I've never had much interaction with him in person. but He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I'm a, well, what is it, your mom's favorite grappler or something like <laughs> yeah, that? I think. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> sounds totally yeah. right, yeah. Jared Billy on Big Rig said, definitely try it, Christian. Before you leave, it'll make you want to come back. Okay. There you go. I'll take you up on it. How long did you say you're going down for? Three months. So I'm. Uh, we don't have like a set time or anything, yeah. but I'm uh, thinking like either I'm uh, late February, early March. When you go, mm-hmm. what's what's your goal with that? Is it just kind of biz- like business as usual, mm-hmm. just show up, do the work, and see what happens, or do you have a particular kind of like goal in mind? I want to see how good I can get in the next three months being down there and being surrounded with more like-minded people such Mm -hmm. as myself because, you know, in that room, it's, you know, I'm basically going to go from, you know, being a big fish in a little pond to, you know, the complete inverse where it's like, right, I'm going to be a fucking nobody surrounded by like, you know, everybody, the greatest, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. like the greatest jujitsu athletes of all time. So it's almost like I'm a, I guess a little trial by fire, if you will. Okay. That Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. TJ Timbo Moore, one of our biggest fans. Shout out, TJ. He said, how old is this dude? You're 19, right? 19. Yeah, there 19. you go. <laughs> crazy dude. It really is crazy. <laughs> Stepinski, you can find young Danaher in GSP's corner. Yeah, I remember always <laughs> yeah. seeing that. that. That is awesome, man. Yeah. I want to know, can somebody, maybe Wilkins, if you're still listening, Wilkins, can you text Warren and find out if Danaher wore a rash guard to the wedding? Because I really want to know that. Dude, it's possible. Like, I really I, want I, him I'd, to. I'd be down to put money on it. I really want to know that he wore a rash guard to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so good. So you're got, like, the likelihood of you rolling with Gordon is high, low, yeah, high? high. high. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm whenever, not sure like, what that dynamic yeah, is. Yeah, so whenever I was down there last time, um, I got to roll around with um, uh, Gary Tonin, um, Big Dan Montessoyu, uh, mm. Luke Griffith, uh, Giancarlo Bodoni, um, Nicholas Marigali, which, like, if you guys don't know, like, these are, like, ADCC champions, uh, Black Belt Gi champions. Like, you know, some of these people are considered, like, the greatest, you know, in their respected fields and stuff like that. And, you know, Gordon wasn't there because he had some stomach issues and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm sure if I go down there, like, it's it's certainly possible. Marigali is a guy definitely that came out of nowhere, it felt like, and now is just on top of the world kind of so if you follow the gi scene again i'm not a big i do gi not guy. at all yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i'm not a big gi guy myself but i'm uh you know he kind of fucking dominated there and it kind of left him I, I i don't know i haven't spoken to him about it i don't want to put any words in his mouth but i think he kind of found himself in a position where it's like okay i am one of the best gi guys of all time you know top three easily and you know it's like now what the fuck do I do? And then, you know, kind of said, screw it, started doing Nogi, and then, you know, he just started taking off from there. That's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Wilkins said, I'm not sure, but he 100% wore one to Matt Sarah's wedding. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Warren got the same treatment. That's just, that's fitting. I'm sure. I'm so sure. being down there with those guys is obviously going to elevate your mm-hmm. game big time. I think when you come back, like how exciting is it for you? Because you said your end goal Mm -hmm. might be to teach kids like Mm -hmm. to give back in that way. Like Mm -hmm. how excited are you just to get this knowledge to share with your team here? Dude, I'm so pumped. Um, just, you know, I really want to try and be a part of growing the jujitsu scene in Pittsburgh because I feel like where we are, um, we already have a lot of great resources, you know, Matt, um, you know, like stout Matt factory, all those guys. Um, 
So being able to come back with all this newfound information, mm-hmm. um, I think it's only going to be able to help not just myself, but, you know, all the people around me. Absolutely. And that's exciting, you know, for mm-hmm. us too. And as you said, growing the grappling community, that's mm-hmm. been our goal since day one is growing the combat sports mm-hmm. scene in general. And obviously grappling is a big part of that. Now a sprawl, an even bigger part of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's been cool on that level because we felt for a long time, like, dude, Pittsburgh's a hotbed for this. Yeah. It just is. The yeah. talent, the gym, like you said, the names you just said of the gyms, mm-hmm. like, it's here, man. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shout out to Ryan. Nice. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm very excited to see where Pittsburgh can go because we are such a hotbed for wrestling and yeah. just grappling in general. And I think as jiu-jitsu develops and kind of the crossover between jiu-jitsu and wrestling grows, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think we have a real big potential to, you know, kind of put our name on the map, if you will, as, uh, you know, a city. Like, you know, I would say Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania is, you know, the best state for high school wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. You see the most D1 athletes coming out of here. So the potential in which we have, um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the best uh, college wrestling state, too. Yeah. I mean, you got Penn State. Yeah. You got yeah, Penn, Penn State, state wrestling. Pitt. That's all you yeah. need. You win. Penn State and Pitt, yeah. It's- Kel Sanderson, yeah. <laughs> legendary mm-hmm. what's what's wilkins like on that level because obviously such a such a wrestling background mm-hmm. but has completely fallen in love with mm-hmm. submission grappling and jiu-jitsu as well does he does he still show his wrestler roots more in the gym or oh is he, yeah yeah okay. i think wrestling still you know his true love at the like end like if the day. they made him choose he would definitely still be yeah like <laughs> like i think you know you take mike back what 10 years it's like okay you can only do one thing for the rest of your life if i had to guess i'm even though he was probably you know he'd be in the midst of his mma career right there i'd say you know wrestling by far you know he I'll even talk to him and he'll sometimes show me videos and stuff like that. And it'll be like him and his son just watching wrestling, just hanging out on a random day. So it's like, I think that's definitely his true passion. It was one of the funniest things, dude, when he was on the podcast, he was saying how he <laughs> made like on his Roku home screen, flow wrestling's the first. Oh yeah. Dude, icon. brainwash him. So brainwash. his son just like, it's on. It's like, Oh, flow wrestling. Yeah. I'll watch that. That's <laughs> freaking beautiful. The best part is that Start him young. guaranteed he doesn't even need to do that. Like that kid's destined to be a wrestler. Yeah. There's no option. Dude, just even watching, you know, Mickey run around in the gym and yeah. stuff like that. It's just yeah, yeah. You, you can tell that he, at least I would have to guess I would see him doing some sort of combat sport, whether that's wrestling, whether that's striking, whether that's jiu-jitsu, whatever the case may be. It's going to be wrestling. Let's For be sure. honest. It's going to sure. be wrestling. But yeah. I'm uh I don't know. Kid just gets after it. Super hardhead. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. Where's he get that from? But yeah. I don't we, know. We, uh, we talked about him earlier, like very briefly, but I wanted to circle back to mm-hmm. Lucas because it's pretty clear that you two get a lot of work in together mm-hmm. and have really helped each other mm-hmm. in your respective careers. And mm-hmm. this Technique Tuesday, which is super cool, by yeah, the way. I, I like appreciate that a lot. it. I it's appreciate a great it. idea. They're cool to watch. What's that been like to launch? Let's start with just Technique mm-hmm. Tuesday specifically. Mm-hmm. How was that? Who came up to you guys and was like, hey, we're thinking about doing this, or was it your idea? So um, I would say that I was kind of the one that came to him initially, but as soon as I presented the idea to him, it's like, fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. Um, You know, we're both kind of men of action, so it's like if we're going to say that we're going to do something, then we're going to go out and do it. Um, And from there, it's just kind of, you know, been growing um, ever since, you know, like people will come up to me in the gym and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, dude, like that's super helpful. Or, you know, or like, you know, you really presented that in a really cool manner, both to, you know, myself and Lucas. And then, you know, then they'll also throw in ideas and stuff like that. So it's been really cool to, you know, kind of be able to help others by presenting information in which that they may have not had access to. 
that's that's awesome mm -hmm. and very well put i love that you're always able since you guys compete so mm -hmm. much you're able to show the move but then show clips of you actually yeah. doing your competition like yeah that that validates it mm -hmm. like that's really cool to have that yeah that that's one of the you know definitely the biggest things because especially with the access of information you know with the internet and everything else like you're gonna see all like these charlatans and stuff like that where it's just like oh look at this you know super sweet submission or whatever and it's just like dude like this fucking garbage like you know go put <laughs> your money where work. your mouth is like <laughs> yeah. it, it, like show, show me that this shit works and then i'll actually get behind you so it's like that's one of the goals that we had where it's like okay we're only going to show stuff that we did in competition mm -hmm. that's super smart mm -hmm. man so technique tuesday you guys got that off and mm -hmm. running but what has lucas's addition to stout in general been like because it feels, feels like he's been there forever and it really hasn't been that long yeah i'm trying to think about whenever he I think he's not maybe a year into style, but still like a relatively new addition, I'd say. I would but guess a, around a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, he's just fucking blown up since then. You know, it's been really cool to be able to watch him progress. And then not only watching him progress, but to be able to see the information and the knowledge, you know, of him being a D1 wrestler and stuff like that, that he can help bring into style, both mentality wise and then also just, you know, on a pure technical basis it's been really cool to watch and you know he's even brought in some other characters and stuff like that that have also you know super fucking good as well so a great addition to the team man yeah great addition i think hunter has a man crush on him <laughs> i mean can you blame how him? can you not can you blame him how can you not i think right i think we all do that's just the lucas siebert effect just a little bit i he did start some controversy with his last match though lucas he did come on bro he no did. Yeah. He texted the next yeah. day. He was apologizing. We all yeah. we all learned a lot from that yeah. night in general. Yeah, it was a, um, a very eventful night. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> Put it not, at that. Put not always that. the kind of events, the eventfulness we want, but hey. Hey, hey. Uh, yeah, it, it was something. It was people, something. People reacted. That's good. They always say, like, the worst thing somebody can be is indifferent, right? Mm -hmm. Love you, hate you. got to cause mm -hmm. some kind of reaction. Cause a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. We're good. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it's it's super cool, man, to watch Stout in general. Like guys like Lucas, like you said, he's bringing in guys. I've seen Josh Ramirez there. Obviously, mm -hmm. Luke Martin's got a fight coming yeah. up. Shout out Luke Martin. Good luck, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. The whole crap. There's a Stout fights event tomorrow. Yeah. What's up? Are you going to that? Um, no, no. So I'm actually going to be traveling out to Philly for a um, uh, well, I guess Bethlehem, PA, um, for a competition. Nice. tomorrow so what is probably, that um what? it's the um uh, finishers open oh, okay. 14 nice. um it's run out of um a 10th plane at bethlehem uh, one sense. of my buddies renee sosa yeah. um a uh, super famous grappler uh he hit me up yesterday morning and he's like dude you got to get on this fucking card nice so you know uh he let me know about it talk to mike talk to warren about it it's like yeah fuck yeah dude I'm like let's go do it so a little bit of a last minute thing What's the Renee connection with Stout? Because obviously he's... So, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't want to butcher it or anything. But Renee had a match against Chris Dempsey at High Rollers. And High Rollers is a jujitsu uh, event in which one of our members, um, Lonnie... Big Lon. right? Yeah, Yeah, everybody knows Lonnie. Everybody loves him. Um, runs where basically like the competitors have to smoke weed beforehand. So I think Renee and Dempsey <laughs> had a match... 
So then Renee ended up getting a connection over at the Matt factory. And then from that connection over at the Matt factory, um, kind of came over here. I know that Renee also had a match against some, uh, one of our now black belts at the time, Brown belts, um, uh, Tanner hall. Right. Hmm, yeah. I didn't know they competed. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. It was, um, uh, last year's East coast trials, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. So, you know, just kind of between like those different interactions and, you know, we're in the same state and stuff like that. It's just it kind of bound to happen. I feel that's really cool, man. It's, it blows my mind just in the short time that we've been doing sprawl. It's opened up how tight the jujitsu community mm -hmm. is, even at the highest level. Like, the fact that we had, you know, Dante Leone versus PJ Barch at our first show, I was like, it wasn't that hard to get done. No. And, and that was the equivalent of, like, no. putting up a top 10 UFC level yeah. MMA fight. Like, that's impossible mm -hmm. for us in the MMA world. Mm -hmm. But just the access and then having a guy like Renee mm -hmm. that is, it's like, well, he competed against Dempsey, so obviously he's friends <laughs> with everybody in Pittsburgh yeah. now. Like, what? Yeah. Like, it just works like it's that. A, it's a very tight-knit tight community. Uh, I think one of the reasons is, uh, you know, because the sport stole so much in, um, uh, even though it's grown so much, it's still in its infancy, you know. I would kind of say that where jiu-jitsu is right now is kind of like the tap-out era of mm. um, uh, the UFC. <laughs> the so, best era, yeah. some might say. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, a very easy argument to make. Um, uh so I think with it just still being so young, it makes sense as to why, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's so close to one another. Totally agree. It's such, it still is. It's mm -hmm. big now, but it's still such a niche thing that like mm -hmm. when you find somebody else that loves jujitsu, it's like you're instantly friends because yeah. we're, we can speak this mm -hmm. language. So yeah, dude, that's super cool. I like that analogy too, the tap out error. That's, that's <laughs> pretty interesting to think. Yeah. So what do you think? In that realm, like mm -hmm. the UFC is far removed from that. Mm -hmm. What's jiu-jitsu going to look like next? Like what's so, the next evolution? So right now we're jiu-jitsu is right now is we have a lot of bigger organizations, but nobody has kind of said, okay, this is jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. right? So you have a lot of different rule sets, a lot of different um, match structures, a lot of different organizations and stuff like that. So I think what needs to happen in the sport right now is one organization kind of has to t uh, take precedent over all the other ones and everybody has to agree. And what I think that's going to be right now is ADCC. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, they put on super entertaining matches, best of the best. Even, even their open tournaments are harder than some of the other organizations like majors and stuff like that, which is, you know, just like bigger uh, tournaments in their realm. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see ADCC kind of take over jujitsu. It's going to be like the standardized rule set and everything. And once that happens, it's just going to blow the fuck up from there. Do you think Olympics are ever on the table? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, that's a very heated topic. I know um, some people love the idea of the Olympics, right? Put it a, you know, because it's going to get so many more eyes on the sport. I know also other people hate it because, you know, it kind of bastardizes the sport a little bit. So I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm just not informed enough on it. Me personally, I kind of say no. I hope ADCC takes over. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that too. How do you, obviously, mm -hmm. you like it to some degree, but how do you mm -hmm. feel about ADCC's rule set? You think if that was the ubiquitous rule set, that's good? I think that just like everything in life, there's pros and cons to it. But I think that there are so many, so many more pros with something like ADCC. With um, uh, for you guys that don't know, uh, ADCC, um, first half the match, no points. Second half the match, there is points. So what happens in that no points period is that people are able to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, be be um, uh, be a little bit riskier. You know, kind of go for like these um, uh, 
higher risk moves that might you know pay off and it just helps create a lot more action mm -hmm. so on one hand i love it um on the other hand there are some rules such as like the takedown rule and stuff like that which if you guys don't know if i take you down and you drop down onto like your elbows and knees and um, uh, it's called turtle right no points no mm. points so you have to pin them as you're taking them down in order to actually receive a score so again you know pros and cons like everything else but i think it creates really really exciting matches mm -hmm. it's so hard man we we talked about this i don't remember if that was last week or not but w when we were debriefing from sprawl and mm -hmm. brawl 18 because <laughs> lucas's match was so hot like yeah. contestant we're like we might need to like figure out a better scoring system mm -hmm. for sprawl and everybody in the comments was given ideas and mm -hmm. there's like there's no clear-cut answer for jujitsu of what is best. Yeah, it's crazy actually how difficult mm -hmm. it is to pin that down. Mm -hmm. You know, on one hand, um, you know, points are great because points give the athletes a very clear objective to shoot towards. Mm -hmm. The issue with something like points, though, you know, somebody scores two, okay, I'm winning the match. I'm not Coast. gonna fucking do yep. anything. Yep. It's just like that's so boring, man. Sucks. So. I think ADCC is a nice middle ground. I also think another thing that needs to happen is um, is the culture of the sport. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people need to wake up and realize that it's like, okay, we're still in our infancy. And guess what? If you win a match by, you know, an advantage or two points, nobody gives a shit. You know, mm -hmm. look at like an uh, individual like Craig Jones, technically speaking, hasn't won anything. One of the biggest names in the sport just because he's entertaining. Mm -hmm. He's entertaining. He goes out, he presents these exciting matches. People want to watch him compete. So I think if something happens culturally, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Nice. Wilkins says Olympics will ruin it. So there you go. <sighs> hey, listen, I got to agree with my coach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Stepinski said, please no. I assume that's to ADCC rules being implemented across the board. I think that's what he was responding. Maybe Olympics or rules. I don't know. If I had to guess, probably Olympics. Knowing Sage, I'd probably have to go with Olympics. Okay. All right. So Olympics are off the table for people. They're, they it's wouldn't cut. be excited about that. Interesting. Two thumbs down, man. I kind of get it, though. Mm -hmm. And also, I think part of it, maybe I'm wrong here, but jujitsu likes having its own little niche. Like, we call yeah. it a niche. Like, it, I think that's a point of pride for a mm -hmm. lot of people who mm -hmm. love jujitsu. Like, this is my thing. Yeah. I think, one, world's thing. I think one thing that might happen if um, uh, jujitsu does get inherited by the Olympics is that there's going to be a less clear form of communication between the spectators mm. and the event coordinators i think that's one of the nice things with adcc is that they're so active within the community that right. like you know if people don't like shit people are going to be vocal and guess what they're going to listen yeah you know what i mean and, and there's something to be said about that quick kind of turnover and um, uh, that quick change that i think is really going to be able to help the sport and i don't know if you'd necessarily be able to do that with the olympics that makes perfect sense i think yeah it's pros and cons like you said yeah. when i think yeah. about it dude it's all pros and cons the exposure would be great mm -hmm. the it would create new stars mm -hmm. for sure like you'd have kids interested in it that mm -hmm. never otherwise would have even thought mm -hmm. about competing so goes goes every mm -hmm. way dude there's no clear-cut answer yeah. stepinski said look at judo it ruined the rules i don't i don't know olympic judo well enough to understand i'm not that, familiar i'm sure i know that there was one controversial rule with judo where it's i don't think you can do like double legs or single legs or anything and i remember at one point that that was a real big thing so maybe that's what he's referring to but i'm not weird. sure weird yeah dude Where, wherever it goes you know you guys will be we'll along see. for the ride <laughs> let's, let's be honest you guys aren't going to quit jujitsu yeah, dude. No. dude one thing that blew me away with you was at a nikki rod seminar you were yeah. asking like extremely smart question not a lot of people that. were speaking up first of all which was weird to me i don't know why right? you weren't shy about it yeah. and i appreciated that but like the level like 
some people I think went to the seminar just to like maybe roll mm-hmm. with Nicky Rod at the end. Like, mm-hmm. of course you're going to learn what he's teaching, but mm-hmm. like you were there on a mission. Yeah. It seemed like mm-hmm. was that in, is that how you approach seminars? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Any time, I guess not even necessarily seminars, but more so life in general. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. With an individual like Nicky Rod, he has done so many amazing things in the sport that who am I to act like, oh, I know enough and I can't, you know, seek any information or any value, right? Like if there is an individual that has something that you want, obviously you never want to be jealous, right? It's okay to be envious of said person and to strive for that. Mm -hmm. But clearly he has information in which that I don't have. So why not try and tap into it while he's there? You know what I mean? Like it's having such a great resource like that there in front of you. I just don't think a lot of people, I don't know why, but they feel hesitant to access into it. Yeah. It was really cool. I thought that he was okay with people mm-hmm. filming and everything. Yeah. Like he was cool if you wanted to record. Yeah. He, he didn't that give a shit. surprised me. He didn't give a shit, dude. Did, and you were one of the ones recording. Mm-hmm. Did How did you go back to that? Did you really use that and really dig into what he was teaching? There were a couple of specific things um, that I was able to take a lot of information from, um, such as, you know, the way in which that he kind of approaches uh, escaping the back control in a body triangle. He's very, very good at the EBI rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was a grip break that he showed um, from back control. So, yeah, um, I would say overall productive, right? If I can leave a seminar or if I can leave a class or if I can leave a training session with one additional tool in my arsenal, that's a win. Awesome. That's a win. How much tape do you review just at home? Like, do you go home and watch matches and watch breakdowns? Or I watch a lot of instructionals. Yeah. I'll watch high-level matches. I'll have if, you know, maybe Warren is, oh, go go watch this wrestling match and look for the specific sequence, see on how this mm. individual athlete does a certain thing okay then i'm gonna do it same thing with mike right like you know if he gives me a recommendation oh dude like you should go back and watch like this jujitsu match like i'm gonna go back and watch it i'd say more so i'm finding myself with instructionals though Mm -hmm. instructionals and then because what i'll do is i'll look back at my rounds and it's like okay struggling in closed guard in this specific area what am i doing wrong what do I need to implement to be able to improve it? And then that's where I find myself usually tapping into instructionals more. Makes perfect sense. And that's Mm -hmm. like, it's interesting to me to hear you say that Warren and Mike kind of point out matches Mm -hmm. that they want you guys to watch because that's that's the Danaher special. That's what we always hear about. Danaher goes home, locks himself in his room, (laughs) watches tape, and then brings it to his pupils. Like that makes perfect sense. You know, the relationship between the coach and the athlete I think is so important. I don't think a lot of people realize it unless you necessarily find yourself in there. But I'm a... You know, every single time I come into practice and every single time I interact with them, they always have the mindset of, okay, how can I improve this individual? And it's mm-hmm. just really amazing to be able to have that opportunity. Really cool. And such a good place to do it. Dude. So good. Like, yeah. So good. So for you specifically, I know we mentioned kind of your end goal. Yes. But as a competitor, mm-hmm. where do you see that going? <sighs> So I was actually, I think it's Kyle Dake. He was on a, um, uh, I think it was the BJJ Fanatics podcast, but um, uh, you know, at one point he talked about not necessarily striving for medals. And, you know, I can really agree with that sentiment. What I want to see is just how good of a grappler can Christian Schaefer be, you know, um, whatever that may look like, I'll be happy with so long as, you know, I put forth my best foot and my best effort. So it's not, you know, it's not like, man, I want to win. Like, obviously, I want to win ADCC, but it's not. 
you know, I win ADCC and I'm done. It's, or, you know, like, you know, maybe I find myself in like a black belt, you know, Nogi world championship match or something like that. And it's like, I'm not necessarily striving for medals. I just want to be the best version of myself in which I can be. Mm -hmm. And whatever that may look like, I'm excited. That's a, it's a great mentality mm -hmm. to have. And I think it's super interesting. I've noticed in my life and anybody high level that I've ever talked mm -hmm. to in their lives, it's always the case that you think something's the goal. And yep. then you get there, and mm -hmm. then the goal changes on you. It's like you're running towards an end zone that, as you get closer, mm -hmm. keeps moving back. You know, that's funny that you mention it because there's um, a one quote that, especially through you know, kind of my growth and everything else that I've kind of realized, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, but it's the man who enjoys the journey will always go farther than the man that goes for the destination. It's something like Makes that. Sense. Like, like I'm sure I'm butchering mm -hmm. it, um, but you know, there's something to be said about just enjoying the process, enjoying what you do every day wanting to improve rather than oh you know i want to win adcc because it's like you know you do hear this a lot especially with athletes and competitors it's like they hit this goal and it's like now what the fuck do i do right mm -hmm. like i'm uh i think it was um uh tyson right he had that spiral you know had multiple belts what the hell do i do um uh you just hear it a lot with athletes where it's you know they hit a certain point and then it's now what the fuck right yep. because you will never actually feel a level of accomplishment fulfillment happiness from an outside thing it has to come from within dude 19 years old <laughs> dropping that philosophy but it's so true dude yeah. cody garbrandt i remember for the longest time he was i was covering mma locally mm -hmm. when he was still on the local scene mm -hmm. then got to the ufc became the ufc bantamweight champion and i'll never forget talking to him after that expecting him yep. to be like on top of the world mm -hmm. right which he was mm -hmm. but he also said, like, didn't change a thing. Like, nah. my whole life, I thought this was, like, all I ever mm -hmm. wanted was to be the UFC champ. Nah, and then it happened, and yeah. I was, like, woke up the same guy, yeah. same person, same family, same, yeah. got to go back to work. Now I got to defend. Like, yeah. it, just it just keeps moving on you. It's a, I'm a, it's a scary realization that, fortunately, I don't think I'm going to have to face, but I know a lot of people do, and that's where you see the downward spiral of athletes mm -hmm. or just, I guess goal-oriented individuals right they hit this goal they think it's going to bring them all of this you know happiness well-being all this shit and it's it's not yeah it's siebert not. siebert dropped the quote in the comments the man who loves walking will walk farther than the man who loves the destination thank you i appreciate yeah. it i knew i was fucking that up siebert's always with yeah, the quotes dude i listen yeah. to his relentless project podcast too and mm -hmm. he he got my man's got some philosophy he's, he's got, got some knowledge. quotes he's got some quotes going yeah. on <laughs> What's your, is that your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote? Are you a guy that's motivated by quotes? Like, I'm really not, to be honest. I don't focus too much on quotes. I would say one of the biggest quotes that I have, um, uh, it's the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And mm -hmm. basically what that comes down to is that the people that you choose to hang out with and your friends and kind of your network will always be the most valuable no matter what because again like you're the ones picking those relationships and you know i've kind of realized that through stout and the you know the love and support that i receive from who were essentially at one point fucking strangers to me it's yeah. it's very eye-opening yeah, it's very eye-opening like a nature versus nurture yeah. kind of quote yeah, yeah it's very important to have people in your circle rooting for you for sure man well you certainly got that dude as the comments <laughs> show got a lot of stout representatives there dude this yeah, has been an awesome podcast great, i'm excited that this was your first that we yeah. got to got to kick it off here in <laughs> studio with christian schaefer man well yeah. whatever's next dude you know you've got our support we would love Appreciate to have you hun. back obviously yeah. for us but of course man 
Let's Anytime. get it, bro. Thanks for coming in, awesome. brother. We're going to wrap dude. this up. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Christian Schaefer, let's go. See you guys. Cool. That was sick, dude. Awesome. How long?